0: hey everyone and welcome to unison christian church the podcast we exist to change our community with the life-changing truth of jesus elevate a culture of love and holistic growth and serve as a family built on hope our desire is that today's message helps you discover fresh new ways of connecting with god now here is today's message Come on, church. We just got down with the Holy Ghost right now. We serve a living God, don't we? Yes, 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 yes. He is alive and with us every day. So I am so excited because we're starting a new series called Kaleidoscope. And we have this beautiful graphic made by our lovely friend Nikki. And the reason it's called Kaleidoscope, when God put this on my heart, was that there are some truths in our lives that we have grown up believing in the church that are not necessarily biblical. So there are some things that we've come to accept and believe as givens, um, but God wants to challenge that in us and in our family. So I was talking to him about this series and these things that he wants to say, and it was very overwhelming because He warned me, you're gonna ruffle some feathers. You're gonna say some things that people don't agree with and may not want to hear. And for those of you who know the Enneagram, I'm a two. My bend is to help and I don't like rejection because a way for me to feel love is to help. So for him to tell me flat out You're gonna have people reject this. It felt very personal, like, oh, that's me you're talking about. They're not gonna like me. And he said to me, no, they're not gonna like me. You're just the representation of me up there. So this is a very vulnerable place for me to sit in, um, but I'm so glad to be with you. I'm so glad to be with my family that loves me and supports me. And appreciates vulnerability (laughs) and my beautiful children up there who are cheering me on. Thank you. So before we start, though, let me just let me open us in prayer. Heavenly Father, I just thank you that you are a constant God. But that you seek to grow us and you seek to change us. And we are not able to sit comfortably if we want to follow you. You demonstrated that for us as you walked the earth. You told your followers that they were guaranteed suffering, but that through it all, you would be with them. I just pray, Lord, that in this place, you would speak what you want your people to hear, Lord, and help us receive it with open ears and open hearts and open minds. In your name we pray, amen. Amen. So the other thing that's going to be different, the other thing that's going to be different about Kaleidoscope is it's not your traditional, I'm just going to stand up here and talk to you. This is part of that challenging his people. Our God is a, is a God who lives and breathes and talks to us, and in that he wants us to engage with one another. So what we're going to do at the end of uh, some of these sermons is I'm actually going to have us practice some of the things I'm talking about. So we are gonna physically maybe have to move in our seats a little bit or turn around, but we're gonna actually put some of these things into application. And then I'm also, thank you for saying that, I'm also gonna invite Chase up here to not only share some of his thoughts and heart on what we've talked about today, but then also to give you all a moment to process and to ask questions. So if there's something that you wanna say or ask about or share that you have an opportunity to, because this is a two-way dialogue. We're, but we're all gonna talk today. But Holy Spirit will be the loudest, hopefully. All right, so today, we are going... Oh, I forgot, sorry, one more thing. The slide, the next slide. This is my plug, <laughs> because I have the mic. This is my plug for a book study. I'm gonna start with us in the fall. A lot of the content I'm gonna be talking about is from this book called The Other Half of Church, And the concept is basically how since the Enlightenment, the church has uh, facilitated a lot of left-brained activities, a lot of things that we can do logically. But we have left out the side of our brain that uh, is where character transformation happens, which is the right brain. And so this book really speaks to how, as a church, we can facilitate loving community, how we can facilitate joy, and how we can grow and strengthen who we are so that we can see character transformation, just like Jesus wanted us to, and as he showed when he walked on earth. So it's actually going to be on Monday nights, starting um, September 21st. That That is a Tuesday. So the first one will be a Tuesday, and then the following weeks will be a Monday night. So feel free to... Use that scan code, you can hold your phone up right now, scan it, and it will let you uh, sign up for that book study. So I'll probably be plugging this every week, so if you miss it this week, that's okay. All right, so let's get into our first topic of kaleidoscope, which is joy. And today, we're going to be bouncing around a little bit, so we'll look at um, Isaiah 9, verse 3, but then we'll also be bouncing through some of the Psalms and some of the book of John as well. So feel free to grab your phones and and pull this up or I will also have these scriptures up on the screen for you as well. So the the thought that God wanted me to challenge in the church today is that joy is not a choice. We sing a lot of praise and worship songs about joy and we talk a lot about joy and how important that is to the heart of God. But it's become somewhat of a common theme for us to say, well, when I'm in a bad place, I'm just going to choose joy. I'm just going to go ahead and try to feel better about the situation. And it's not actually what that's not actually what joy is. So the important thing to know is that <laughs> Choosing a joy is a little bit like nursing a baby. I know I've got some friends here who have infants um, or some moms who have had infants in the past. And um, what happens is that we can choose how we want to feed a baby, but as moms, we cannot choose to produce milk. That is not a choice we have. It is a response to what our babies need from us. So that's the first thing I want to challenge, is that if we think about it in the context of it being a response to something that is happening, it is not a conscious decision that we can make. The other thing that joy is not, if you want to go to the next screen for me, Rachel, is happiness. This is not a place of... Let me struggle, let me put this down, and let me go seek something that makes me feel good. And the reason that it's not happiness is because happiness is something that can be done by itself. I can have a piece of chocolate, and I can feel happiness. I could watch a movie that makes me feel really good, and I can feel happy about that. So it is not happiness as we understand it. Joy can prompt happiness. It can be an on-ramp to happiness, but they are two separate entities. So I just wanted to clarify that before we get into what it actually is, just so we're on the same, same wavelength. So let's talk about what joy actually is then. If we know it's not a choice and we know it's not happiness, What are we talking about? And what is scripture talking about when we talk about joy? And in order to understand what joy is, we have to understand it has siblings, actually. It has siblings that work with it to help us get a better picture of what it actually is. So let's go ahead to the next screen here. So these three words are in relationship. There's something magical about the number three, I think, when something is in relationship as a group of three, right? It seems like that matters. So in the Greek language of the New Testament, joy and grace are actually two forms of the same word, kara and karis. And grace, in order to understand joy, let me explain grace for just a second, because we need to understand that before we know what we're talking about with joy. Grace means that we are really, really special to someone without having to earn it. Any, any perfectionists in here? <laughs> Anyone that likes to try and earn some affection, right? I don't think any of us could honestly say we haven't at some point tried to feel like our value comes from something we did or do. And that is God's gift to us. That is his grace to tell us that we are very, very special to him and we just have to exist. There's nothing we have to do. The beauty of joy is that it's the response to grace. Joy is that response to being the really special one. I get to know that you are glad to be with me. I get to see on your face that you like being with me because you're responding to me with joy. And the shalom piece that I didn't, Uh, mention until now is just the opposite side of joy joy is that high energy response like oh i'm so glad we're together that's why greeters are so important and if you want to volunteer to be one we'll take you okay right let's get that plug in here too (laughs) greeters are so important even at grocery stores Because the point of what they're trying to do is to show joy on their face. Like, we're so glad you came here to be with us. And that shalom is, okay, you're full. You're full of joy, I can see that. Now let's just take a quick breather. Let's just rest for a second. So joy and shalom are two sides of the same coin. And shalom plays a very important role in that because without rest, we can't have more joy. I don't know if you've ever been around happy children, but there comes a point when I am like, listen, I'm so glad y'all are happy, but that's enough. That's a lot of sound. That's a lot of joy. That's a lot of happiness. And it's time for a rest. So they have this symbiotic relationship, which is just so Important and so cool to see that God wants us to understand that we are so very important to Him, but that He also respects that when it's time to take a break, He'll let us just, okay, let's take a rest. And then we can do more joy building together. So we want to make sure that we understand that joy is a response in us to somebody that is glad to be with us. And it's important to know that that joy can actually be grown intentionally or killed. Because what happens is that if we grow up in places where there's not a lot of joy, it is really difficult for us to then understand how to handle anything that comes at us, how to handle the hard stuff we're going to talk more about that in a little bit and how we grow that. But it's important to know that joy is in relationship. Where happiness can happen on its own, joy has to have another face that is glad to be with me. The cool thing is this does not have to be a human face. Rachel, can you cue up my uh, next slide? (laughs) So dogs have joy centers, they, their brains are capable of being glad to be with you. I don't know about cats. I can't, I'm can't. i sure there's, there's cats who act like dogs, so I'll give you, okay, I know. I know there's cat people. I'm sorry. Like, I know, I know. Cats are really good at bringing shalom, though. I will tell you that. Cats are very, very good for quieting and peace. So cats are very important, too. We're just not talking about that today, okay? No, shake your head at me. I got <laughs> So, I mean, I don't know about you, but I can't not look at this picture and feel both joy and happiness. I can see, especially that derpy dog on the lower right sticking over the, the, the back of the car seat. But dogs are glad to be with us. When they see you come home and their faces actually change, they show their expression on their face and they're glad to be with you. So... We also need to talk about where we're going to see joy in Scripture because we know that joy obviously matters to God. He wired it in animals. He wired it in us as humans. It is supposed to be our natural response, our natural state to his presence. So let's talk a little bit about where we're going to see this in the Bible. So let's start with Isaiah 9 verse 3. You shall multiply the nation, you shall increase their gladness. They will be glad in your presence, as with the gladness of harvest, as men rejoice when they divide the spoil. And the words gladness and rejoice are actually the same word, which, thank you, Rachel, that is the next slide, um, which is called simha. And what simha means, that Hebrew word, that it involves the entire being of a person. It involves their heart, their soul, and the lighting up of their eyes. You've heard that phrase, I'm sure, like the eyes are the window to the soul. There's a reason for that. Because the eyes are so crucial in how we share in our joy. If somebody smiles at you, but their eyes are dead, do you actually feel like they're glad to be with you? No. We all know. No one's fooling anybody. If I do this to you, you're like, okay, you're not... You're just faking it, because it's not radiating through my body. You should sense that it is coming up through my body, into my heart, out of my soul, and through my eyes, and you should feel the energy of me being glad to be with you. That is joy. So you'll also see, I'm not gonna go into the specifics, but you'll see specific references up here as well of different verses of where this is, uh, the same Simha shows up in scripture. The Psalms are full of it. David clearly knew, as a man after God's own heart, clearly knew that God was glad to be with him and also knew when God wasn't glad to be with him. The one that I really want to point out, though, with the lighting up of the eyes is the next slide, which is uh, Proverbs 1530. The light of the eyes rejoices the heart and good news refreshes the bones. The light of the eyes rejoices the heart. So there that is, literally. When I know you're glad to be with me, I can feel it in my heart. And the good news of you being with me makes me feel lighter. It refreshes my spirit. So we know that joy is important to God And we're going to talk about just a couple more passages here of why it matters to God and where we can find that in the Bible. And then I'll go into a few other things. So why it matters to God is because God promises us joy as a reward more than he promises eternal life. If you count the scriptures, you will see God promising his presence, his face to shine upon you, his being with you, more than you will actually see his promise of, of eternal life with him. So there's clearly something important about this to him, that it's, we need to know that he is with us as we carry out what we're here to do on earth. And the other thing it's important to know is Jesus clearly caught this as well, and he lists it as the reason for his teaching on earth. So in John 17:13. He says, but now I'm coming to you, and these things I speak in the world that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. He's teaching us these things so that not only will we learn to be like him, but we will also learn how to be glad to be with him and be glad to be with those that we're sharing in that teaching with or that we're learning with. In John 15, He is talking to his disciples about how much he loves them. And this is a a quote from the book study that we're going to do that's revised. So it sounds a little different than what you've heard, I'm sure. But it says, my father's face lights up when he sees me because I'm so special to him. I'm telling you this too so that you will feel how special you are to my father and to me. Our faces are shining on you with delight. And if you read the traditional verse where he's talking about joy, our, our English translation usually describes it as joy or his presence or the fullness of his presence. But there's something we miss, right? We don't get that body sensation. We don't feel that coming up from within us and through our hearts and souls and out into our eyes. It really takes concentrating on the fact that it is something about the face and the eyes that are glad to see us, that we can resonate with in our hearts. John talks about it in his uh, second letter, too. He says, Though I have much to write to you, I would rather not use paper and ink. Instead, I come to you to t- and talk face-to-face so that our joy may be complete. He wants to see this person that he is writing to. And I, I just especially in this COVID era, how much does this resonate with us? How much did we really feel a lack of joy when we were home? We didn't have faces that were glad to be with us. How much would a pen, and a note in the mail was certainly encouraging and inspiring, but I don't know about, it brought me happiness. I felt good, but I didn't feel joy. It wasn't until I concentrated, if I thought about the person who wrote me the letter or the card, and saw their face like in my mental image, imagination, that I actually could feel some joy then. But the card itself did not bring me joy. And then of course in the Psalms, there's a ton of references. And I encourage you to read through the Psalms and where you see these places of joy, look for or translate that in your mind to being glad to be with me, or seeing your face shining upon me. Because we really need to remember when God is talking to us, He's not just saying, okay, I'm here with you. What do you want? Right? And it was hard for me growing up in a home where I, I had some, some dismissiveness in my house and I didn't always feel like people were glad to be with me just because I was who I was. So I grew up feeling like, okay, God will be with me because he has to. God will be with me because he said he would. So, And that's just, parents have to do that. That's what they do. They got to be with their kids. Sorry, to take care of them. Right? But it wasn't until... Probably eight years ago, I had an Emmanuel moment and I was praying with the Lord and he just said to me, I have a name for you that will be your name in heaven and no one else knows. And I felt very special because it was a secret name. And I'll tell you what it is, but don't give away my secret. He said, I call you Naomi. And I had to look up what Naomi meant, because obviously I was like, well, what's that name mean? That sounds cool. What is that, though? And it means, my beloved, the one I delight in. You know, I wept, sobbed openly at work. It was great. <laughs> but I worked at a Christian nonprofit, so they were very understanding and gracious, because it's important to be. But that was the first time I remember going, he's actually glad to be with me, so much so that he would give me a name that is mine. So it's important to God that we know how much he wants to be with us and that he delights in being with us. It's not enough to stand there. It's not enough to look at somebody. It's not enough to smile without your eyes. He is literally smiling at you with his eyes wrinkled and his mouth open, glad to be with you. Second reason that it matters is because it's how we were created. It's our most powerful desire. Joy is literally what happens when a baby is born. It looks for mom. Mom, 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 mom. And what happens in that instance that it looks for mom is that it's seeking joy. It's seeking that food source, that smell, that temp- that person that just makes everything feel right with the world. And it wants to know, like, oh, mom, are you there? Like, are you glad to be with me? And I really, truly believe that science has shown that babies that are nursing can see, Christine, back me up if I say this wrong, but they can see the mom's face. That's the distance they can see. Anything else is blurry. And there's a reason for that. When they are nursing, they want to see mom. Is mom glad to be with me? Does mom care that I'm here? And the reason that this is important is because this is what creates in us that attachment to others, that attachment to God, but also the resilience of whatever is going to come at us. If we don't have joy as infants and as children, we become very fear-based. Our brains can only run on one of two things. It's either joy or fear. There's no in-between. So if you are around people who are anxious or you struggle with anxiety, odds are good that you just did not get a lot of, I'm glad to be with you for no other reason than I'm, that you're here with me and you exist. And low joy is what causes and fuels, not causes, but fuels addictions. Somebody is searching for something to feel connected to and that's what they come up with, that's the solution. So we are, we are wired right out of the gate from birth to crave joy, to look for joy. And if we can't find it, we'll settle for food. Or we'll settle for alcohol. Or we'll settle for coffee. Or we'll settle for whatever makes us feel good. And the third reason that joy matters is it because it creates belonging. If you think about it, the people that you want to be around and the people you want to be most like are probably the ones that are glad to see you, right? I don't know about you, but if somebody is not glad to be with me or they are frustrated with me, it's pretty hard to want to stay there. It's pretty hard to want to seek that individual person out. It's pretty hard to go to a group or a, or a church or somewhere where you're like, does even, anyone even care I'm here? Does this matter? And joy is important with that belonging because we need people to be with us, even in our weaknesses. Somebody who is glad to be with me is a safe person to me, and I can show up in my weakness and they'll still want to be there with me. And it helps us prevent problems from happening if we're with somebody in that difficult place and if they feel safe to come and tell us, instead of creating this shame and this angst and having to solve a bigger problem after the fact, right? So we are a people who create belonging and we want to show others that we are glad to be with them. So the last thing I'm gonna talk about before we get to do some practicing is how we get to grow joy. So we know it's important. We know it matters to God. We know it's part of how we're wired. We know that it is a way that we create belonging and we act like God's people by wanting to be together, even in the bad stuff. So how do we actually develop joy? How can we be intentional about growing this? And the first way is both the easiest and the hardest, which is with God. So when we were all singing up here earlier and we were dancing in his presence, that song, dance in your presence, hearing that over and over again, I wanted to encourage you, this is not the practice thing later, by the way, this is just another little one, I wanted to encourage you to think about what was God's face doing while you were dancing in his presence? I wanted you to think about So much of when we worship and we pray is a lot like listening to a sermon. Like, we're just, okay, what's the input? What's the input? What's the input? What's the input? input? What do I hear? What do they say? And we just go kind of like that. We don't really think about, like, well, what's actually happening with the other face that's involved here? And the same is true with God. Like, so many times we pray or we worship, but we don't listen for his response or we don't look for his response, and he wants to share that with us. He wants to tell us that he's glad to be with us. So part of that, I feel like, is using your sanctified imagination, I like to call it, and just imagining, like, what is it? God, show me. What does it look like when I worship you? What does your face look like? Show me how to, how to hear you, your response to what you're, what you're saying, So God is both the easiest and the hardest because he's always available. He's always there to build joy with us. But we are not always aware of what he's doing and what his face looks like as we're trying to do that. And the second way is uh, with one other person. We call that two-way bonds. So this is really important with Children, this is really important with spouses, this is really important for uh, people who are very good friends. This is that joy between those two people that are going to know each other their entire lives, right? So there's a caveat here because while well, this is such a good thing, this is somebody that we can look at them and we know what they're thinking. Like I can read my sister's face when she makes that face, I'm like, oh. I know that is, right? Like, I get it. We got that bond. I got you. I see it, right? But there's a danger side to this, too, because we can create bonds that are not within God's will for us. Does anybody remember the story of David and Bathsheba, right? Okay? That was a two-way bond. That was not God's will. He was bonding with the wrong woman, okay? Okay? And this is why it's dangerous, because when our joy is low, if we don't really feel like we have places in our lives where people are glad to be with us, that when that person is glad to be with us, all of a sudden we have this attraction. That's how it starts. That's where that, that comes into play. Like, oh, this person is always really glad to be with me. And we, in our brains, our humanness, will twist that and be like, that must mean that, you know, we're supposed to be together. no. But our brains are seeking joy. Do you see that? Do you see how, like, if you don't kind of practice this like a muscle, you know, it's, it, will, it will find you, so to speak, in other ways, in other people that they shouldn't be, or in other addictions and things that we're gonna struggle with? And then the last way this is the safer method, um, which we're gonna practice today, is called three way bonds. So this is really important to God because as children grow up and they seek mom, mom is their first, like, two-way bond that they want to have, and then the, about three years of age, then dad kind of enters the picture. Um, I'm sorry, actually, it's like 18 months. At 18 months of age, dad enters the picture, and now mom, it, now baby's looking at mom like, is this guy okay? Like, is this, is this dude cool? Like, do we like him? <laughs> Uh, Yes, we do. But it's important to know that if I I feel connected, if I feel joy, if I feel connected to this person here and a third person enters the group and those two have a bond, I will automatically know that that person is safe and that person is a good person to be with. We have this assigned value that our brain does. So this three-way bond is so... Vital to the way that God created the family, the way that God created who we are to be. Clearly the number three matters to him. And this is how we can go about building that type of bond in groups. So we're actually gonna do that. Um, This is gonna be a little uncomfortable and I hope you'll forgive me But I'm going to walk us through um, a little bit of an appreciation that we're going to do together to share with, with the people in our group. Appreciation is the easiest path to joy. When I think about all the things that my husband does for me, when I reflect on the ways that he has taken care of us, and then he walks in the door, I can't help but light up to see him. When I reflect on God, when I think about all the amazing ways he's spoken to my heart and he's been with me in really hard times, the next time I interact with him, I can't help but like fall to my knees and just want to worship him, right? So this joy, this appreciation is such an important part of how we interact as a family and how we interact with the world I can't help but picture Jesus as walking around in his earthly ministry and the oppressed people and the broken people and the children were the ones who were glad to see him, who wouldn't want to be with Jesus, but they could see him, they could see his face and they could see that he wanted to be there with them. Even in the midst of their filth and their brokenness, he was glad to be right there with those people. And I believe that is what he's calling us to do as the light of the world. It's not just about sharing love and truth, it's about sharing joy in our faces. Even if my friend is hurting and something is happening, I can still say I'm glad to be with you here. I know how hard this is for you, but I'm glad to be here with you. You're not alone. And that's the power of joy. That's the gift he's given us in this place. All right. So putting the rubber to the road, I'm going to ask you, let's do groups of three to five. Um, so first, because some of you have your families here with you, so you guys can just circle up as a unit. But I would encourage you to welcome somebody, if they're sitting by themselves, into your group, please. So you don't have to, you can try to turn chairs, I don't know if we, but let's make sure we put them back if we're going to do that. So go ahead and um, gather up for just a few minutes, and I'm going to walk us through this short exercise. I'll keep it quick. Mandy, do you want to join, like, oh, they, okay. You could join the Taylors, yep, back there, yep. Kayla, do you want to join here? Okay, good, okay. Candace, do you want to join the Andersons here? Okay. All right. Are we all in our groups? I just want to make sure everyone has a group. This is an exercise we like to do at home. I'm excited to share it with you, and I hope that you'll consider doing this in your home at dinner as well. We're going to do three things. We're going to think of one thing we're grateful for about today. We're going to think of one thing we're grateful for about God. And we're going to think of one grateful th- one thing we are grateful for about being in this family. Okay? So just take a minute and kind of reflect on that. And if you are a family, you could also just do what you're thankful for about being in your family, either one. So whenever you're ready, uh, spend a couple minutes doing that. And then um, everybody just go around and like share each of those things. Try to keep it short if you can. you're ready. Oh my goodness, my heart is so full. (laughs) This must be how Jesus feels, because looking at you all and your faces, glad to be together, such a beautiful picture of heaven, such a beautiful picture of family. So I hope that was really beneficial for you, and like I said, I would just really encourage you to make that a practice, even if it's something you do yourself, and you just think of those things throughout the day. But part of that joy is sharing that with someone else because when you share those things, your face can't help but light up, and that's contagious. This is how we can be contagious light in the world. So I just want to invite Chase up now to um, share any additional thoughts or comments he has, and then we're also going to open the floor for you guys if there's anything that you, is on your heart to share or you have questions about.
1: Amen. Amen. Probably a little bit louder than I should be. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, hey, I am glad that we. Oh, I've got blue. Um, I am. Thank you for leading, leading through that. Also, leading through us in, in scriptures with that. I feel like I've said before that this sermon time is more than just a a, a, a good Bible study. Like it's more than just us being able to look at Scripture together and you go away knowing a little bit more about what James says, because you can get that on YouTube. But the reality is, how is it that we live this out together? How is it that we apply the Word of God together? And how is it that we move forward as a family and knowing that this solid, like... The almost like baseline information about joy, this baseline information about how we do community together helps us to be able to be better at fellowshipping with one another. It also impacts the way in which we worship God. And I think probably more, I didn't even think about this until this week, as we are preparing to potentially welcome new family members into our church family, what would it be for them to see all of our faces and, like, lit up, right, with joy? Like, we are happy to be with you, right? And not just obligatorily. We are happy that you are here. And so I'm grateful that we get to learn this together and apply it. And so, yes.
0: yes, thank Well, you. and thank you for being such a shining example. If y'all ever need a joyful face to look <laughs> at, right, in the name of Jesus, it is Chase Stansel, <laughs>
1: My face hurts <laughs> when I see y'all. Anyway. no. It's <laughs> <laughs>
0: <That's> good. <Yeah. laughs>
1: yes. Uh, definitely. So you said question and answer business. Yeah,
0: just if anybody has any thoughts that they want to share or digest, um, feel free to also share if you have a story you want to share about a time you felt joy. Um, I just ask that you keep it on the more mild to moderate intensity level um, in terms of emotion because sometimes we can... Share things that are a little too overwhelming for others to hear. So just as, as we navigate this together, sharing stories is such an important part of that. So, yeah, if anyone has anything.
2: So I got to meet Ian today, and uh, I just heard about his project that he's doing on the outside of the church here, and I keep driving by because uh, I work right down the street here, and I keep seeing that big old mess of trees over there. And I don't know if you guys know this, but I just, um, uh, Chase was asking for a Bible study leader, and I said, you know, I might be able to coordinate some stuff. So I I started by making a survey, and one of the things I put on the survey was uh, the possibility of doing a service project together. Uh, You guys haven't gotten that survey yet, but it might come down the road, but I thought it was really neat how in our group here, uh, you know, God had allowed Ian to share his story and I thought that was really neat how maybe eventual service project that we could do as a church was like right in front of me, and and that God's already doing it. So,
0: Amen. I love that. Yes.
1: Well, cool. Well, hey, family, this is Kaleidoscope. Like the it's gonna it's going to feel unique over the next few weeks, um, but. That uniqueness, I feel like, is also going to be really good for us as a family. And so I'm looking forward to how God uses that. Please stand with me if you're able, us if you're able, because we're both up here. (laughs) So uh, may we go in the joy of the Lord, um, fully understanding that that joy is a response to his Desire to be with us. He wants to be with us. He is happy to be with us. May we receive that grace and may we also receive his shalom, his peace, as we go throughout this week. Love you all and see you next week.
0: Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode and believe others could benefit from hearing about us, please remember to share and subscribe to Unison Christian Church wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also catch us live at unisongr.com or on Facebook. See you next week.